Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I've worked with a lot of great CEOs, and it starts with uh, really strong leadership. I think that's going to be the most critical factor here in a head coach. Obviously, the X and O's are important, but we need we need a strong leader for this organization that's focused on winning. That starts with culture. It's instilling uh, a sense of accountability, uh, discipline, and um, and we need an identity on on offense. Um, and so, but at, at the starting point, it's got to be about culture and leadership, and, and those characteristics are what we'll be focused on the most. That was Broncos CEO Greg Penner. When the search began, the search has ended. Visor time. Get your visor, In Mike. Denver. Sean Payton, the new head coach. We got two hours to break it all down. PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Hello to the audience watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85. Tape delay, Sky Sports NFL podcast, whenever, wherever, however, and most importantly, welcome back to Chris Sims. He was on IR for one day slash Floor Burger Part Two. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm all right. Yeah, just I don't know what it is, Mike. A little flu, worn down, whatever it was. It was like I missed a, a day. What was that? Maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, and it was kind of like I felt the same type of feeling: low on energy, stomach, no like throwing up or anything, but like had no appetite, and it was just not comfortable. I don't know what it was, but I'm back. I'm not a hundred percent, but I feel pretty good. So for those of you who previously had an appetite, you'll know there was no throwing up by Chris. So None. you should go ahead and regain your appetite because he actually didn't vomit That's all over right. the place. That should allow you to consume your breakfast <laughs> Thank you. in peace. We will disrupt the peace as much as we can because the Broncos disrupted it significantly on Tuesday. And Chris, the hiring of Sean Payton came at a time when it felt like the Broncos search was going off the rails. That was the sense 
that was developing, the perception, and we know the perception is reality. Sure. But the perception was that this thing was going sideways. Yeah, that where was it going? they were not getting the people they wanted. Right. Yeah, and that it was just, hey, Walmart conglomerate, this business is a little tougher than selling low-cost retail goods. You've got real competition. You've got people with choices who are being pulled in multiple directions. And you've got a tough balance to strike. One of the points I made yesterday, you know, in retail, you go crush your competitors. In the NFL, your competitors are also your business partners. And there's a line you don't want to cross. They could have thrown enough money at D'Amico Ryans to get him to choose the Broncos over the Texans. You add enough zeros to the offer, and he's going to say, okay, fine. You've convinced me to take the Broncos job instead of the Texans job. But they're the new kids on the block. They don't want to blow the salary curve. We talk about this all the time. Right. There's no salary cap for coaches, but there's that wink, nod, and and look of disapproval that you're going to get at the league meeting in March if you go too far with either giving a player a five-year fully guaranteed contract or blowing the salary curve for the head coaches of the NFL and making it more expensive for everyone else. So it just felt like they didn't quite know what to do. And then at some point yesterday, Chris, they dropped that thing into overdrive and they got it done. Yeah, they did, Mike. And, you know, you, you, you explained it right. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny how this all went down, at least in, in my opinion, just as, as far as the Broncos. Hey, we know it's a marquee job. It's an unbelievable market. They're great fans. It's a good stadium. They got a good facility. All the things are in place to be successful. Yeah. And, and then, of course, like you're talking about, the owners being there, everything. So it seemed like it was going to be one of the hotter job openings, right? And then we just went through time here, and you're going, wait, I mean, another interview? Wait, nothing's happened? What's going on? Oh, what? This is taking a little longer than I thought with all the money the Penners have. And, the, and hey, we got a Russell Wilson and a defense and some weapons to play with. You know, man, it all looks positive. What is the issue? You know, and then it started, you started to hear some of the rumors that you, know, you heard, I heard, whatever. Uh, true or not, I don't know. But it started to appear that it was, yeah, Things weren't on the right track. It was a little bit dysfunctional. And then it goes to full circle back to Jim Harbaugh this weekend, right? Where you start to hear the Jim Harbaugh stuff. And, and there's conversations between the two there. And now it's Sean Payton. So, yeah, it did seem like maybe they got desperate. Whatever didn't happen, whatever. But they made big moves at the last moment here and, and clearly got the best coach available, in my opinion, in Sean Payton. And before we pivot fully to Peyton, the Harbaugh stuff yeah. should not be underestimated. No. There's a story to be gleaned and reported. And I just made a point earlier in a post at PFT about the one-year anniversary of Tom Brady's fake retirement. By the way, happy anniversary, Happy fake Tom, anniversary. Where, <laughs> yeah, as you and I were pulling the threads and pushing the truth to everyone late last February, that's really kind of when it started. Remember, we actually got on the phone and compared notes yeah, over the weekend. How right. do we want to couch this? How do we right. want to present this? Because you and I were both hearing in our own Little separate circles, worlds right. enough that it was coming together. It's like, there's something here, folks. That's an example of the stuff that the usual suspects in the NFL information trafficking industry don't share with us. They tell us that D'Amico Ryans is going to be the next coach of the Texans 15 minutes before the Texans announces. They tell us that Sean Payton is going to be the next coach of the Broncos 15 minutes before the Broncos announce it. The real journalism in this space, and Jay Glazer told me this years ago, happens when we find out the stuff they don't want us to know. 
So, yeah. what really happened between the Broncos and Jim Harbaugh right. falls into the category of stuff they don't want us to know. But, Chris, when Greg Penner gets on the plane and goes to Ann Arbor, not Jim Harbaugh, comes from Ann Arbor to Greg Penner. Right. And Greg Penner, the CEO of the Broncos, the former CEO of one of those powerful companies in the world, when he's the one who schleps to Michigan in January to meet with Harbaugh, that tells you something. Exactly. They wanted Harbaugh. A hundred percent. Oh, 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 we're we're just doing our due diligence. (laughs) Bullshit. Sorry. Agreed, Mike. I challenge flag on that, too. There's more. There was more to it. And there's a hell of a story to be told on how the Broncos ricocheted around from Harbaugh to D'Amico Ryans to Sean Payton, back to Payton, this way, this way, this way. And I really do think at some point yesterday, someone at team headquarters pounded a fist on the table and said, we look like idiots. We got to get a deal done. Well, I, 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 yes. And and, I mean, you're saying it right too. And you don't make that trip unless you're extremely serious. And, you know, from, from, from everything I know in the situation is that Harbaugh was, Harbaugh was the, the number one choice or the guy that they seriously were looking at this weekend. You know, how it went back full, full circle to him and all the other, you know, things that got on in, in this whole conversation, I, I don't know. And you're right. That's a great story to be told, and I'm sure we'll hear little bits and pieces of it. But, you know, I, 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 from, from what I've heard, that, yes, that, that was a serious conversation and that Harbaugh was considering going to the Denver Broncos once again. And he hemmed and hawed and yes and knowed and then yes and then knowed and then didn't do it. And then I don't know if it was that moment when they went, okay, we didn't get him. We got to go get Sean Payton. Why it was in that order, I don't know either. I don't know. Again, Sean Payton would have been the number one pick. Maybe it was just just that order because of the draft picks. Of course, that was a huge part of this whole conversation, the compensation to the New Orleans Saints. But, uh, Mike, I'm with you, and and I know that, yes, uh, Harbaugh and the Broncos, that was more than just flirting together. That's for sure. You could get Harbaugh, a proven NFL head coach who came in and turned around the 49ers right away and has done a very good job, especially in recent years at Michigan, for no compensation to anyone. That's part of the analysis. And also, how much would you have paid Harbaugh versus how much are you going to pay Peyton? That's That's another big part of it, too. You're right, Mike. They decide to circle back to Sean Peyton and get the deal done with the Saints. A first-round pick, the first-round pick that the Broncos got from the Dolphins – when the Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb. Now, it wasn't the Dolphins' original pick. That was forfeited as part of the Sean Payton-Tom Brady tampering from last year. Many tentacles and threads tying these various stories together. This was the 29th overall pick that comes via the 49ers as part of the trade that allowed them to move up to get Trey Lance two years ago. That's this pick that goes to the Broncos now for 2023 along with a 2024 second rounder it's Peyton and a 24 third rounder so look we reported a week and a half ago the Saints were determined to get more than a mid to late round pick for Sean Payton and they did but not much more they upgraded a third round pick to a second round pick and who knows how that's going to shake out based on where the Broncos finish this year and where the Saints finish this year there may not be much of a gap between a low two and a high three We'll see. We'll see how both teams do. There could be a huge gap. It could be a high two and a low three, but we'll find out as the season unfolds for both teams. But Peyton is the guy, and 
Peyton has basically confirmed. We haven't seen a, an official announcement yet from the team, but Peyton's made it clear he's going to get it done. The details are being worked out. It's clearly the guy that the Broncos want. They can't allow this to be screwed up now. And, hey, Chris, I think back to two years ago, right after the Super Bowl, after Russell Wilson looked miserable in the suite sitting with Roger Goodell, watching Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, another different. PM. Yeah. Peyton Manning hasn't played in seven years. PM, that's it. PM, and it's right. Broncos. They got Broncos on the brain. <laughs> Great quarterbacks on the brain. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes playing in Super Bowl 55. A couple of days after that, he's on with Dan Patrick, the show that follows us here on Peacock. And he starts airing grievances about the Seahawks. And right. next thing you know, his agent says that he does not want to be traded, but he would accept to a, tr- a trade to the Bears, Raiders, Cowboys, or Saints. And who was the coach of the Saints at the time? It was Sean Payton. So finally, Russell Wilson gets what he wanted two years ago. And and we'll see if Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson. This is a no-lose proposition for Sean Payton. Because if Russell Wilson stinks this year, it's Russell Wilson. We can say after last year, maybe it's Russell Wilson. Maybe it's Nathaniel Hackett. We don't know. This year, if Russ doesn't get it done, it's not going to be because of the coach. It's going to be because of the player. Yeah, it, uh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, one, I mean, the Broncos, they hit it out of the park here. You know, whatever it is, they got the, the best coach available in Sean Payton. He's the, one of the best minds in, on an offensive side of the football that we've seen in the last 20, 25 years in the league, let alone being in the conversation for one of the best head coaches in football, too. True, like, general of the ship type of guy here. Uh, the, a guy that's going to walk into that building there and they're, they're going to be like, whoa, we haven't had anything like this in a long time. A guy just, just telling us all what to do, knows how's it, how, it, how it's supposed to be done. So it's going to be great for the organization. And then, listen, when it first happened, the first thing I thought of, and, and like in a good way, with a grin, it's just, oh, that lucky SOB Russell Wilson, look at this crap. He's just going to, damn, struggle, and he's going to get the damn quarterback whisperer, the guy, the offensive genius himself is going to come into town, and he's going to save Russell Wilson. He is. Not, not to say that Russell Wilson might not have been saved to a degree with somebody else. I just have, like, I, I, I have little doubt about it now. I don't. Sean Payton's going to make it all about Russell Wilson and the quarterback and making it better. He's going to take the challenge personal, let alone we know how great he is on the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, he's dealt with a quarterback who's a little bit smaller in stature before, too. So he's going to know how to make him feel comfortable and do all that. And so that's from that standpoint, right off the bat, I just go, man, what a, what a great, you know, double-down move on your $250 million contract on Russell Wilson. Yeah, hey, we're, we're spending some money here, but I think this is money well spent in Sean Payton, and he's the guy that can turn Russell Wilson back to the guy you know, we know, and we've known for a while. January 25 of 2022, Sean Payton resigned as coach of the Saints, and the play was Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Miami. That was all happening behind the scenes last year and didn't come to fruition because on the same day, Tom Brady officially retired, unofficially, fake retired from the Buccaneers. Brian Flores filed his lawsuit against the Dolphins, and it blew everything up, threw everything off track, the Dolphins couldn't proceed with their plan. But Peyton, taking a year off when he wasn't going to, went to work for Fox. And he said this in October on Colin Coward's show when Russell Wilson was already struggling through the first four games or so of the season. Right. 
What Peyton said is, I'd want a cut up of all of Russell's pass plays of 30 or more yards from the field. I'd want to see, are there some schemes that he felt comfortable with? They did a great job in Seattle of bringing him off of a naked bootleg and pulling up, and we all saw that he would throw it back to Tyler Lockett 60 yards in the air. I'd want another look of all of his red zone touchdown passes inside the 20. That's what I'm asking for from assistants. I want some of his greatest hits, and I want to make sure that we have those song lyrics available. If not, we have to put them into our offense. That's what good coaching is about. It's about figuring out what your players do well and doing it, figuring out what they don't do well and not doing it. And and it, there's a good chance that last year, even though Wilson's the one who got the blame, it's a good chance that he was being asked to do things that don't fall within his skill zone. And that Peyton, I guarantee you, will only do things that Russell Wilson is good at doing and won't expect him to do something that he's not built to do, Chris. I, I, I agreed 100%. I mean, the only way I'll push back a little bit here, but, but it's not going to be a real pushback, is that, hey, I mean, the, the, the 15-yard out route last year that was open 80 times, right? I mean, Russell Wilson can hit that. But to your point here in all of that, Sean Payton is like he—he's he, a salesman. He's going to be able to sell sell his plays better, and he's a hype—he's a hype man, and he's going to make. And one of the most important things about playing football in the NFL, and especially at quarterback, is just confidence, confidence, and and yourself yes. and your offense and all of that. And that—that's all for the great ones too. That's Brady, Manning. They'd all tell you that. You know, the coach has to have that way of, hey, you know, every now and then I got to yell at him. But more than not, it's, hey, make this guy, make sure he knows he's the man. So it kind of permeates through the rest of the football team. And I think that's where he's going to be great, too. So he'll be able to do some of those plays that didn't work with Nathaniel Hackett. He's going to sell them different by a little different coaching points and the way he communicates because he's one of the best communicators there is. Right? I don't know how he'll do that. I haven't been in a room with him that way. Needle him, whatever. But also then start to build the guy back up, too, to be like, hey, come on, look at this. To your point, Mike, look at this. This is five years ago. You could still do this. You were throwing 20-yard out routes then. Look, look, here's the tape. Here's the tape. You could do this. And he'll start to rebuild Russell Wilson, the player, the competitor, the computer, and his confidence to where that'll be the first step. And that's where I have total confidence in Sean Payton that he'll, he'll get things going in the right direction for the whole team in that way and have them all going wow this is awesome what an awesome playbook and they'll be saying that by the second or third week he's there yeah you mentioned Russell Wilson missing a 15 yard out route that we know he can make that throw so you start wondering can right. he not make that throw but the confidence undermines everything it does you feel discombobulated when you feel like the walls are closing in on you that your teammates are doubting you that the media is doubting you when you are someone who is so clearly attuned to public perception and how you're viewed and what they say about you when they're not saying nice things about you that's going to affect you and that's not a criticism of Russell Wilson because I would say most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are very sensitive about what we say and pay attention to what we say and even though they act like they don't care what we say they deeply care what we say so all those things come together and it causes the man's psyche to crumble and it makes what was once easy impossible exactly we've all been through that right anything we do if you're not 
feeling confident about it, you're not going to do it as well as if you did feel confident about it. And you're going to make a bunch of dumb mistakes along the way because it's gotten inside your head. That's human. So you're right. Sean Payton's goal, beyond the X's and O's, is going to be the leadership, the encouragement, drawing out the best version of Russell Wilson that he can. Pressing the buttons the right way to get the desired result. That's what a coach does. Coach doesn't slam himself into his room and draw up schemes all the time. Scheme, 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 scheme. You got to work with the humans and you got to get the human beings who are working for you and with you to do the best they can. And that's... You know Peyton, and, and you know, this great. back. Oh, Pey- Peyton only. Peyton only won one Super Bowl, and Peyton this and Peyton that. Look, he paired with Drew Brees, a guy who's about the size of Russell Wilson and slighter of build than Russell Wilson. And he made him win into one of the all-time greats, right. one of the all-time greats. Right. And and look, and Drew they Brees were... had something to do with that. Right. In- intense competitor, got the absolute most out of his God-given skills, et cetera, et cetera. Focused and driven and hardworking, but Russell Wilson's got a lot of the same traits. That's right. And Sean Payton is going to maximize them. Whatever Russell Wilson is right now, Sean Payton will maximize it. Whatever he has left, wherever he is at age thirty-four. Sean Payton will maximize it. Agreed. That, that's where I. That's where I love it. You know. Again, and, and Jim Harbaugh, you said you know all the right things as far as him being a good head coach and D'Amico Ryan. I certainly think he's got a bright future, and we'll talk about that later. But for this situation, you know, intended or not, you know, this this is the right guy in, in my opinion. And two, they're, they're they're in a lot of ways got a lot of pieces to where. Hey, they're kind of ready to make a run. I'm not sitting here saying Super Bowl, but they're ready to jump back in the, hey, we're relevant, we're in the playoff conversation. Their roster is definitely better than what their record showed last year. So uh, that, that's where I love it. And then, yes, you, you traded away a lot of assets and players and then paid a guy a ton of money. And, yeah, now you got to pay a new head coach, you know, a lot of money too. All right. And you had to give away a few draft picks. But, damn, it's worth it, as we've talked about. The head coach in the NFL is so important. It, it, it is, to me, worthy of, you know, quarterback money or, or at least being in the, you know, second highest guy in the organization being paid other than the quarterback. They've been, you know, severely underpaid for years. But uh, that, that's where I think this is going to be a match made in heaven. I really do. I think they lucked into this one, and it's going to be awesome. And, Mike, to the other point, too, you know the other thing he's going to do? I, I would just be shocked, right? The other part of the building up of Russell Wilson, getting him going, look at my plays, look at all this, look at what Drew used to do, look at what you did. Man, you can do all this stuff. He's gonna. I, I would bet you the first moves are going to be offensive line related. That's the other part he's going to rebuild, Russell Wilson. He's going to go, look, I got all these big effers up here. Just don't worry about it. We'll get them protected just like he did with Drew Brees. Yeah, you're a little smaller. It's all right. I'm going to have the biggest damn guys ever. And you just get back there and listen to what I say and read the plays out. That'll be another thing that, of course, was an issue last year, but he'll take that off the plate of Russell Wilson having to worry about it. And that'll go a long way in building his confidence up and letting him you know, fire the ball around the field as well. And frankly, when you think about it, Russell Wilson never really benefited from a no, great offensive he did line. Not. Early on, maybe. In Seattle. That right. was always one of the, the yeah. weaknesses of the Seattle team. As it relates to the pay for Sean Payton, yeah, 
Last year, there were reports that the Dolphins were going to pay him somewhere between 20 and $25 million a year. Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver. And I thought this was interesting because during the initial wave of reports from the national folks, there was yeah. no mention of how much Peyton's going to get. Kliss says it's somewhere between 17 and $20 million a year, which seems like a hell of a lot. But when you consider how much the players are making and how important a good coach is to the overall operation, it really isn't all that much. And, Chris, something we talked about last year, there's the official number and there's the real number. Right. The number that is on the tax form because it's not just the paycheck from Denver Broncos football LLC. It's also – whatever other business interest owned and operated by ownership that is funneling extra money to the coach. Why? Because they don't want to blow out the curve. They don't want the entry-level guys to expect more. They don't want the rising tide to lift all boats. They want to be able to pay their guy more without it looking like they're paying their guy more. And since there isn't a salary cap, there's no violation there. It's yeah, not improper. Right, it's allowed. Right. So we won't know. No, we, we never won't. know no. how much a high-end coach is going to make. And I just always assume it's more than whatever number we hear. I, I You know, yeah, this, is, this would be a situation I would certainly look at to go, I wouldn't be shocked if he's, you know, getting paid off the books by some other LLC, to your point, a few extra million dollars there. You know, might not be part of the fired if you get guaranteed money, but as long as you're here as the head coach of the football team, you know, yeah, you're not making $17 million. That's what everybody knows about. We're giving you another five or six from some other company like you d- described pretty well there. And that's been going on forever. I mean, forever. I mean, I, I can speak of cases of that from 20 years ago that I knew of, that, you know, being around talking crap and talking to football people with my dad around whatever, and we would, you know, hear these things from coaches. So it's a very real part of it. And, yeah, the owners put it on, you know, they try to squash it to a degree because nobody wants to be Jimmy Haslam. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, come on. no, no There's not an owner in football that likes Jimmy Haslam right now because of what he did with the Deshaun Watson conversation or uh, contract, excuse me. So, you know, from that standpoint alone, yeah, they don't want to be in that same boat with these coach co- uh, contracts to where everybody's looking at them going, damn, you set a high bar, and now we all got to kind of get up there and, and pay that type of money. Uh, it's not the best way to make your, you know, your, your first appearance on the owners. So as of yesterday, while yeah. you were recovering from your latest episode with a LaGuardia Airport hamburger on the floor (laughs) and miles simmons was sitting in we were talking about this and the perception was that the broncos had lost a tug of war with the most dysfunctional football operation over the past several years in the nfl which looked horrible yeah what was this all about right horrible for the denver broncos so D'Amico ryan's chooses the texans and the day begins to unfold so this is one of the very fascinating subplots of Sean Payton to Denver because on the heels of the report landing that Sean Payton is going to Denver Ian Rappaport of NFL network, which is partially owned and operated by the Broncos and all of the other teams. He works for the Broncos indirectly. He said that the Broncos spent Tuesday trying to convince D'Amico Ryan's to go there instead of Houston, and only after it was abundantly clear that Ryans was not going to alter his plan did the Broncos pivot to Sean Payton, and they got the deal done. Now, the Broncos 
vehemently disagree with that to the right. point where multiple reporters have had this story and I've talked to a source with knowledge of the situation in Denver and that source was as emphatic and upset as I've ever heard this source in the 20 years that I've been covering the NFL. It didn't happen. It's a complete fabrication. I have no idea where this came from. There's been no communication since last week with D'Amico Ryans by anyone, directly or indirectly, agent or coach, owner or front office, not even through players, back channels, intermediaries, nothing. We moved on from D'Amico Ryans as of last week, period, end of statement. And the whole thing to me just becomes uh, unique and rare because you've got somebody on the NFL payroll working for an operation that is owned by the 32 teams directly at odds with one of those teams, and that team is pissed. Oh, that team is pissed. Now, you know, teams get pissed at reporters all the time, but it's one thing to be pissed at me. You don't control me. You don't pay me. You can't touch me, although you kind of can through NBC, or at least you can try. This is more direct. This gets awkward. And this is another one of those, will we ever really find out the truth about how this showdown plays out? But Rappaport's dug in with his reporting, and the Broncos are dug in with their position. And there's no gray area here. The Broncos have taken such a strong position in response. No communication of any kind, direct or indirect, through any intermediaries or anyone else since last week. And the other report being, basically, they they scrambled yesterday in a last-ditch desperate effort to get to Miko Ryans. And only after that happened did they go to Champagne. That makes for, look, if, if Rappaport's report's true, and I'm not here to arbitrate, or mediate, or otherwise litigate those two reports. But if his report's true, they had one hell of a Tuesday. Think about it. They spent Tuesday morning <laughs> trying to beg D'Amico Ryans to come to coach their team, and then they they fire up the engine to get a deal done with the Saints, fire up the engine to get a deal done with Peyton. That, that's just one hell of a busy day. The, I, I suspect they needed multiple adult beverages by the time Tuesday was was over, if that report is true, because that is one full-ass day, Chris. It's it's hard for me to, to, when I first heard it, to wrap my head around that and think that was true. you know. And then I, I just started doing some digging myself. I mean, I started to text some people that I knew might know some things about the situation. I, I, I never got the sense from people I know in the situation that, that that was real, all right? Again, I'm not trying to sit here and say Ian Rappaport, he just does a great job and all of that. But, you know, one, it doesn't just, – just as a guy that follows football, it didn't make sense. I'll just say that right off the bat. I mean, D'Amico Ryan to the Texans, I mean, I think we all knew that for the last five or six days that that was going to – that was kind of going that way. I don't think that was big news yesterday, right? So we all had a feel for that there. And then, as I said, you know, a little earlier, and I think you, you've kind of heard the same thing here, I, from everything I know from, from multiple people here is that it went from Harbaugh – then right to Sean Payton. Didn't work with Harbaugh. Right to Sean Payton this weekend. So I, that's where, you know, again, not saying I totally know here, but I know some people that know some people, and uh, that's I certainly didn't seem to, to get that side of the story when, it, when, when I started digging. I almost feel like just thinking back over the past few weeks and the way that everything developed, because we're in a position where we're constantly watching and assessing and assimilating I feel like it started Peyton, 
Well, it actually started Harbaugh, kind of shifted to Peyton, right. went back to Harbaugh. Then, as of a week ago, Ryan's was their guy. Right. And then they found out Ryan's was choosing the Texans. Exactly. Back to Harbaugh. Right. Back to Peyton. So it's just this weird kind of wave that happened. They started with the big names. Then they realized maybe we'll go with the up-and-coming guy. The up-and-coming guy says, sorry, I'm picking the Texans instead. Then it's back to the big names. And it was Harbaugh, then Peyton. And they just finally decided. I, they're never going to tell us the truth here. But I just think they, they decided yesterday, we look like buffoons. We have got I, I would agree with to, that. We have got to drag a whale into the boat, not just a, 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 a you know a, a marlin or a little shark. We got to get a whale, and we got to land that whale because it looks like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I I, I would say that too. It d- definitely has that look to it. A little bit of like, wait, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there, signs of dysfunction, blah 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 blah, and you're starting to go, damn Broncos, what the hell? Who are they gonna hire here? I mean. You know, interviewed quite a few people and just got no sense of where it was going. Um, but I think in the end, they, they got it right. They, I don't care what the compensation is. You know, I know it's a little expensive. They got a top-notch, awesome coach. And, you know, I, I hear, you know, what you said earlier, too, when people go, oh, he only, he's only won one Super Bowl. Like, they freaking grow on trees. Like, oh, he's, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, just easy. Like, oh, okay. I mean, come on. That's a, it's, it's, it's just a dumb comment to make. You know, winning a Super Bowl is not easy. It's the NFL. It's the most even league in all of the world's sports. There's nothing that's made more even than that. And then not only been in the Super Bowl, but knocked at the doorstep of the Super Bowl a whole bunch of times as well. And again, I know that's not winning the Super Bowl, but relevance and having a team that's at the top of the league in that conversation all the time, it does have some, you know, there's some tangible, real you know, value to that. And that's where Sean Payton's amazing. And it's going to change the dynamics of the AFC and the AFC West for sure with him in that division. One of the most impressive accomplishments in all of sports, in my estimation, has been what we saw from the Buffalo Bills from 1990 through 1990. Right. They go to the Super Bowl, they get their heart right. ripped out. What a loser Marv Levy is. How do they recover? Right. right. Well, but, but I'm going somewhere with this. They go back to the Super Bowl the next year. They get blown out. They go back to the Super Bowl the next year. They get blown out. They kept, they kept coming back. And I say that because when you think about Sean Payton's career arc in New Orleans, immediately he turned around a team that had been, for the most part of its existence, ass. Right. For the most part. Right. Immediately. On the heels of Katrina, a horrible tragedy that was visited upon the entire region. The one shining light as – New Orleans and surrounding areas recovered from Katrina was the Saints and how they they, they went straight to the NFC Championship. Yeah, lost Sean to the Bears first. Right. Straight to, lost to the Bears. Great. And, and you know, actually kind of something maybe they got a chance to win this thing against the Bears. Who knows? That's how good they were. Kept pushing, got to the Super Bowl and won it. And then came the bounty scandal, which was I think overhyped. I think overblown. I think the agenda was to create the impression that the league cared about player health and safety at a time when everyone thought the league didn't. Right. The concussion lawsuits were coming in by the day, dozens by the day. They overhyped it, overtrumped it, and, and threw Sean Payton out for a year. So then he comes back after being out for a year. The defense was horrible for a few seasons. They finally get the defense settled down. And think about what happened 2017, Minneapolis Miracle. Horrible way yeah. to have your season end. Horrible. Deflating. Shattering. 
they came back the next year and went to the NFC Championship. Had that uncalled pass interference by the Rams. Horrible, deflating way to have your shot at the Super Bowl taken away from you. What did they do? They came back the next year, got to the playoffs, hosted a playoff game against the Vikings, lost in overtime on an uncalled offensive pass interference by Kyle Rudolph. What did they do? They came back the next year, 2020, and they had the game won against the Buccaneers. They're up 10 points in the third quarter. Yeah, the strip. They're going down. They're going to go up by 13 or 17. And... uh, Jared Cook, the tight end, the ball gets ripped out by Antoine Winfield Jr., and that changed everything. I mean, four straight years, they had their hearts ripped out, and they kept coming back. And in 21, it all fell apart because Drew Brees retired and COVID wrecked. It was a mess. And they still almost made the playoffs. Yeah. So my, my point is this. Don't talk to me about how many Super Bowls you've won. Show me what you've done the other years with the talent you have, with the adversity you've faced, what have you accomplished? And people are saying, oh, let's look at Sean Payton's one-loss record and Mike McCarthy's one-loss record, and why are we assuming one is so much better than the other? Well, because one is a lot better than the other, because we know things. We've seen things. We understand detail-oriented. We understand that there's a higher level of achievement that Sean Payton is able to push a team to. And Mike McCarthy's done great things as a head coach, because I think you'd agree with me that Sean Payton is a step above Mike McCarthy. I, I, I uh, Totally, I do, yes. I mean, you know, maybe more than a step. <clears throat> and I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Mike McCarthy. I got a lot of respect for what he has done. But, you know, I think to the point you're trying to make is Sean Payton was driving the ship with the New Orleans Saints, right? Drew Brees, yes, we know he's really good. But he came from a team where they were like, you're not good enough for us. And he made him into something and built it just what's perfect for him. And then Drew capitalized and took advantage of all that. You know, Mike, if you're going to compare Mike McCarthy, which I, I know I've seen those comparisons online too, I would just go, hey, done a lot, did a lot of good things too. But the captain of that ship was number 12, okay? The, the, they won a Super Bowl because number 12 did some of the most amazing shit we've ever seen in the league in a playoff run where he literally just took over games. And I'm not lying, Mike. You know it. You've talked about it. No. Those were – 2010. Right. I mean, Succeed. that was – Right. That was just like, whoa, you, you can't stop this guy. I don't care who you are. You know? And he beat teams that were better than the Packers almost by himself and then won a Super Bowl. So I, that's, that's the difference. You know? Mike McCarthy went to the Cowboys and went, whoa, hey, I don't want to call the plays. You call the plays, Kellen Moore. You think Sean Payton's going to do that this year? I mean, you know these. You know he's not. So that in itself, I think, just tells you all you need to know. I've got a great story to tell about Sean Payton that I, 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 I'm not sure I can tell yet, but he's due to be with us in Phoenix next Friday, and I assume he's still going to do that because he's done that he better. What is it? Zebra Technologies. Right. He does that every year during the Super Bowl, and he's on the show with us every year. I'm going to try to reach out, and he's got other things to do in the short term. But I, I, I want to let him tell the story that I'd like to tell. That, 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 that was kind of the moment I realized that this is a guy that is going to put in the work. He's going to bust his ass. He's going to stay up till 2, 3 in the morning. He's going to constantly be thinking about ways – to make the offense better, constantly coming up with ideas for plays that will make the team better as it relates to the defense they're about to face. You know, we've 
we've criticized college coaches like Cliff Kingsbury for relying upon system and not adapting enough to the defense that they face week in and week out. Sean Payton is the master of knowing what defense he's going to face and of adjusting his offense on the fly, installing new plays in a walkthrough in the hotel ballroom the day of the game. Whatever it takes to get an edge against the defense that he's about to be facing. And it requires a massive commitment. That's why he's worth the money. That's why the great coaches are worth the money. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, no days off. And when he's working, it's full speed, nonstop, go, go, go. Fill the days with effort aimed at building that possible, maybe little fleeting advantage. That's the thing that folks don't realize. So much of the grinding that's done is wasted because the opportunity never arises to take advantage of that extra knowledge that you've acquired, that scheming that you've done. But when it does come along and you're able to immediately access it in that computer inside of your skull, that's when the magic happens. And it's not obvious how or why, but it all is is something that has its foundation laid, staying up till 2 a.m. every night, thinking about it every day, obsessing over it, and coming up with that one play that you're going to have in your back pocket that you may or may not ever use in your life. But, man, if that moment comes and it all falls together, oh, wow. And, Chris, sometimes it happens in ways that, that aren't, obviously eventful to the game i mean i've heard stories about how it's just this one little twist this one little tweak yeah you know made a difference on a third down in the third quarter right and right. you converted that third down and you kept the drive going and nobody's like hey that's the moment that was the turning point of the game but the coach knows that thing i pulled out of my ass that i had been waiting to use at the right time that was kind of the turning point of the game uh, agreed it's the nuance it's the nuance it's back to the salesmanship it's all those things that separate you know, the, the, co- the, the great coaches. It is. I mean, as we know, most of these guys, they all got the same plays. It's just about how you package it, you know, what's your feel for breaking down defenses and <clears throat> how you can teach it and sell it to your team. And that's where Sean Payton's amazing. You know, I've been at one, I've been in some places and we have a play and I go, damn, this play is like, I don't know. It never gets open for us. What the hell? Why? I mean, I watch other teams and damn, they're hitting it, but we can't ever get open and get this completion. You know, then I get with a Josh McDaniels or somebody like that and it's the same damn play. And I go, Oh, this is damn. They're teaching the slot receiver against cover three to run the route like this. And then when it's cover two, just a little different nuance to the route, but makes all the difference. And now the guy's open every freaking time we drop back. Ran the play a hundred times a year before nobody was ever open, you know, for Kerry Collins and the Tennessee Titans. Go to the Denver Broncos the next year. We call the play. Brandon Marshall's open to the same play every time we do it. And that's because of, yes, the nuance that you're talking about. And that's where Sean Payton's great. And then that's where he usually has really good defense on top of that because he's a great offense and knows all these nuances about that. He knows the defensive guys that have given him some issues, you know, with his nuance and how he calls and packages plays. So that's another aspect that he'll bring to the team to where, yeah, he's going to find a Greg Williams or a Dennis Allen, a guy that's creative and going to give offensive issues as well you know, to the other team's offense, and that's where he's great as well. There is one very significant game looming for the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. It will not happen in 2023. It will happen in 2024 at New Orleans. 
And that happens once every eight years. It can happen more often than that now because of the 17th game. But every eight years, you go to every stadium at least once. And next year, 24 is the year the Broncos go to the Superdome. And, and I think Sean Payton will be received favorably. I think that he will be appreciated for everything he did for that team. And I think there's a lot of relief in New Orleans after this hiring cycle because he didn't land in Carolina. He didn't land in Arizona. He didn't land in Dallas. He's out of the division. He's out of the conference. And I also think that this will give Saints fans maybe someone else that they can kind of follow as their B team, far distant B I hear you. below the Saints. Like Matt Stafford. But they can with root the Lions. for. Yeah. yeah, they exactly. They can root for Sean Payton uh, for every game except the one when he comes to town. And when he comes to town, they won't hate him the way that they would if he had become the Panthers coach. And even then, I'm not sure. They, how could you hate the guy that gave you something you've never had before and who knows when you're going to have it again? That's right. That's right. You know, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's the greatest coach in Saints history, that's for sure. And he did some things that are historic to the league, not just the Saints, with what him and Drew Brees did and all the numbers and offensive output that they had. That that's It was historic. It that's, goes beyond the franchise of the Saints. So I would think they should be grateful and – We'll see if he can run it back and do it again with the Denver Broncos. If you made me bet, I'm going to bet he's going to do more special than this being a, a failure. I'm a total believer in Sean Payton, as I think you are. I think he's you know, one of the best head coaches we've had in football over the last 30 years. Well, it's not going to be easy because he's in the Mahomes division. <laughs> yeah, Justin Herbert, who knows what he's going to become? Who knows what the Raiders are going to do? Right. Maybe Tom Brady oh, still my goes gosh, to Las right? Vegas It'd now. Be and Brady, it's Brady versus Sean Brady. Payton and Mahomes yeah. and Herbert. Holy cow, it'd be amazing. <laughs> but, but, but guys like Sean Payton don't strategize from the perspective of where's my easiest path. I mean, where do you want to go last year? He wanted to go into the division with Josh Allen yeah, and right. Bill Belichick. Right. So uh, they, they, they want to to go best against best. As the Bengals said, they have to play us, right? We're going to show up and we're going to be ready to go and we're going to compete with you and we're going to fight every week. We don't want the easy path. We want to take you on and we want to become better than you. We want to beat you. We want to become the kings of this division. A couple of staff questions before we wrap this segment. Yeah. Because yesterday, one of the things Miles and I talked about, you know, there was the report over the weekend from multiple different media outlets that Vic Fangio was becoming the next defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. Yeah. And in the two days, three days since then, there's been no announcement. And I've had people say, well, he's, he's currently consulting with the Eagles and he can't take that job. Well, you know what? He can, yeah. he can take a job whenever he wants, right. wherever he wants, however he wants. He's not limited by anything. I made a hundred percent sure of that yesterday in the aftermath of the reporting, Vic Fangio himself told multiple reporters, nothing's been decided. Nothing's right. done yet. Word of the 49ers. Yes. And potentially replacing D'Amico Ryan's emerged. Right. And now, remember, the report from Shefty, it was one of the Sunday Splash reports yes. late in the season, Sean Payton and Vic Fangio teaming up. Now, it would be a little awkward for <laughs> Vic Fangio to go back to Denver be since crazy. he was the head coach there. But Gunther, Cunning, Gunther Cunningham went back to be the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs after he'd been true. fired right. as head coach of the Chiefs. And there's at least one other example of it that I'm forgetting where a coach has gone back as an assistant after being fired as the head coach. 
Look, these are all interchangeable. It's the best situation for me. Where am I likely to be successful? Where am I likely to enjoy my job the most? And, oh, folks, the Broncos have a pretty damn good defense right that, now. That, that's right. Uh, that, that's, that's the point. You know, Vic Fangio, yeah, he might have been flirting with Miami, but then when, you know, San Francisco and he went, whoa, wait, Denver and that defense too? Hold on a second. I'm not doing anything and committing to Miami yet. Can, can coach those two teams? That'd be interesting. It would be. And I would think that would slow his role down as far as, you know, making a commitment to a team right here. Miami, we know, has some great young pieces for sure. But those other two teams, like, they're, they're already set. You, you know you're going to have a great defense. It's just how great is it going to be? Uh, the Broncos dynamic is interesting, certainly. And I will say the Broncos, fit their personnel, I think, fits more of his scheme, Mike. You know, again, Fangio's a little more 3-4 rooted, right, as we've discussed in the past, where the 49ers, you know, they've been Seattle scheme rooted. It's it's 4-3, and it's a little bit more, hey, just get in your gap and let's be fast and explosive. So uh, I'll be interested. But that is a, a big thing to happen here soon. Vic Fangio, you know, is one of the great defensive minds in football the last 20 years. And who he pairs up with – it's definitely going to have an effect on the rest of the NFL. And it's just amazing to me how many people think that the the situation is like the typical two reporters with different sources, unnamed. You got Vic Fangio saying nothing's done yet. Yeah. And clearly nothing's done yet. It would have been done by now. If that report comes out on Sunday and he really is taking the job with the Dolphins, it's Wednesday. It would be done by now uh, if it was truly done on Sunday. He can still pick the Dolphins, but... I think we're all at the point where we recognize it wasn't done on Sunday and may never be done. Here's one, Chris, that I thought of when you mentioned him earlier and we talked about Drew Brees. Would you bring Drew Brees to Denver if you were Sean Payton? And I don't know whether you make him quarterback's coach. I don't know what you do. But would you want him to help you get Russell Wilson right? Yes. And teach Russell Wilson the way Sean Payton does things? Yes. I think it goes back to the salesman thing. I'd want Drew there not every day. But, hey, Drew, can you come, like, two or three days, you know, at the end of the first week of training camp? And then, hey, hey, you know, would you mind coming back, you know, in two or three weeks for two or three days? Again, so Drew can also, you know, help pump up the confidence of Russell Wilson. But, two, just give thoughts that, hey, you know, even a great coach like Sean Payton, he didn't play quarterback and have to deal with these things where Drew can add simplifying things for uh, for Russell Wilson in his own brain, too. Hey, when Sean used to call this play, you know, he's kind of thinking this, and, hey, I kind of looked at it like this always. And he'll give him little tidbits about the offense to make him feel comfortable, let alone I think it's just another thing to go, oh, hey, here, Drew's good guy. Oh, it's cool. Man, Drew was awesome in this offense. Whoa, he still believes in it. Man, oh, okay, all right. I just I think it's all positive there. And I think Drew, of course, believes in Sean Payton and that offense as well to where – it would be easy for him to sell it to Russell Wilson. And, you know, he's still got that competitive fire burning. I'm sure he'd like to be involved in some capacity yeah, in, right. in helping helping the cause, being part of the team. And, and I, I, I mean, he was a short-term temporary Purdue, member of the Purdue right? coaching staff right. earlier this year. Who knows? Maybe that gave him enough of a flavor that he decides it's something that he would like to do. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we return, the Texans have found their guy. I got a feeling he's not going to be fired after one year. We'll talk about the hiring of D'Amico Ryans in Houston when PFT Live continues right after this.
we got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris... Anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. H-Town, I'm back. It's great to be home. Go Texans. D'Amico Ryans is indeed back. The 2006 Defensive Rookie of the Year returns to Houston. The H-Town. As the head coach. I have a feeling, am I getting my year wrong? 2006 was the year they drafted Mario Williams. That would be something if D'Amico Ryans was the Defensive Rookie of the Year, the year that they drafted Mario Williams. We're going to have to... We're going to have to research that and make sure I'm not getting the year wrong. But he was Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think you're right, though. In his rookie year. He was drafted 06, so that is a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. Mario Williams, the first overall pick in the draft, was not the Defensive Rookie of the Year. His teammate, who was drafted later by the Texans in that same draft, was the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Went on to be a great player and now a great coach and head coach of the Houston Texans. He says that's his dream job. It's a six-year deal. That's one of those, hey, world, we're not dysfunctional anymore contracts like the one Kyle Shanahan initially got right. six years ago in San Francisco after they did the Jim Tom Sula one year out, Chip Kelly one year out. We got to create the impression that we know what we're doing, and we almost have to protect ourselves from ourselves. Let's sign this guy to so long of a contract. The buyout would be so much we dare not fire him after one year, but I really, even without a six-year contract, I doubt they're going to fire D'Amico Ryans after one year. He's going to get a chance to turn this thing around. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I love the six-year deal. First off, I mean, you know, as you as you know, right? We all know six-year deal. I mean, at least assures you three years. Uh, th- that that would kind of be my estimation there, right, Mike? I mean, maybe even a fourth, really. So that's the positive thing. And then D'Amico Ryan, of course, had done a good enough job with the 49ers where he could demand that kind of deal. And then I think when you add on top of that, that, you know, he loves the Houston Texans. That was a place I think he wanted to be, had his eye on this job throughout the process. And then he's, you know, Houston, to your point, 
you know, they can finally get a guy that it seems real. That's the biggest thing. It seems like it's the first real hire here. The last two guys, David Culley and Lovey Smith, just made you feel like, well, they got something working or something on the back burner. This doesn't seem to be the long-term fixture of the organization. D'Amico Ryans does. So now we got a, a little bit of a, you know, a path as far as what we think this team will be. I think it's a great combination with Nick Casario. Again, the Texans team has a lot of, you know, solid and good on it. Now, hopefully, they can get some sizzle players that we talk about with these great teams, some difference makers on their football team. But, man, I think this is awesome for D'Amico Ryans, and I think that, you know, finally the Texans really got it right in this situation and got their guy here for a while. Job number one, fix the quarterback position. They've got the second overall pick in the draft, and offensive coordinator is going to become key. And that's one of the caveats that I've mentioned from time to time. If you hire a defensive coach, you get an offensive coordinator, you join the offensive coordinator at the hip with your young quarterback, and you want that young quarterback to develop. And the danger is, if that offensive coordinator does too well of a job, what happens? Offensive coordinator leaves, become a head coach somewhere else. Got to find somebody else to continue the development of the young quarterback. That's the problem I thought the Chargers were getting into with Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi. The only problem there is Lombardi got fired. He didn't get hired somewhere else. But if you get it working right, you become a a head coaching candidate. And and that's going to be one of the realities for D'Amico Ryans as a head coach with a defensive pedigree. But even then, I, I think the Texans got the guy they need right now they've got to turn this team around they've got to turn the perception around they've got to turn the culture around they've got to turn the attitude around they've got to turn the talent around and he's shown he's shown now now remember there's a jump that he's going to have to make the leadership the ability to take over the locker room the ability to communicate with the players individually to get the most out of them but we are gleaning from what we've seen from D'Amico Ryans that he has that that's right and right. he'll have the chance to prove it in Houston. Yeah, and came from a place that has it, right? I think that's the other thing, too. I mean, we're Robert Sala has it as far as communicating, connecting with the players. Mike McDaniel, okay, be a little different, but has it, right? And then the, that's the big thing. There's obviously a culture there with the 49ers that Shanahan has put in place to where these guys know how to talk to players, communicate, and get, you know, their their – their main points across to the football team and the players that way. And that's where D'Amico Ryan is special. And yeah, the offensive coordinator thing is going to be huge, right? I think there's already discussion of talking about the 49ers quarterback, passing game coordinator. So that makes sense. I get that. And Mike, you know, because you, you talk about this a lot. And I, I do think this is a, a it's, it's an interesting subject. You know, with the, with the offensive head coach who calls plays, he hires a defensive coordinator, okay, and sometimes that defensive coordinator does a great job and leaves, but, you know, more times than not, somebody's kind of been groomed behind the scenes a little bit to take over, a la D'Amico Ryan for Robert Sala and the 49ers defense. For whatever reason, that doesn't seem to go down with defensive head coaches on the offensive side of the ball. And that's one thing I would throw out to my coach friends or if D'Amico Ryan ever asked me, yeah, get a guy from the 49ers, make him the offensive coordinator, but make sure there's guys in place that are learning that system just like the defensive guys do to where, okay, if this quarterback coach now offensive coordinator leaves in a year or two, 
you know, we got something in place here with a guy that's, you know, can can follow that that charge right there. I, for some reason, with defensive coaches, that doesn't seem to go down all the time. And I just kind of find it peculiar, and, and maybe D'Amico Ryan can find the right formula. And one of the examples of that we saw play out this year for the Buffalo Bills. Brian Dayball leaves to become the head coach of the Giants. Ken Dorsey takes over as the offensive coordinator, and there seemed to be a regression, even though they tried to sell us on the idea that Dorsey had kind of been groomed yeah, right, and kind of prepared because right. they assumed at some point Dayball was going to become a head coach. But you want that transition to be seamless, and you want that relationship between quarterback and member of the staff most responsible for the quarterback to be as close and as productive as possible. Gets back to the whole Sean Payton, Drew Brees, now Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. You're never going to have to worry about, in Denver, the relationship being anything other than Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, unless Sean Payton decides, whenever the salary cap ramifications would permit it, that Russell Wilson really doesn't have it anymore, and I'm going to go find my next Drew Brees out there somewhere. But when you have that offensive head coach who's a quarterback guru – that's the guy who forms the bond with the quarterback, and you never have to worry about that. That's a point I was going to make earlier. I wrote about this last night, and it's something I feel very strongly about that I hadn't thought about until someone explained it to me. A lot of stuff I don't really think of until someone explains it to me, and then it's like, hey, that's a pretty damn good idea. When you have a good coach, when you have a great coach, if things aren't going well, you never have to worry that maybe it's the coach. You can take confidence in the fact that it's something else. When your coach is a little shaky and you're not quite sure and things aren't going well, you're like, well, is it the coach? Is it the yeah, talent? The players, is it this? Right. Is it that? Yeah, right. When you've got a great coach, you never have to worry that the coach is the problem if you're dealing with some sort of adversity with your team. And that is based upon the vibe I got from the person who explained it to me who's in a position to live this. That is very liberating. When you're a member of a front office that has to keep this thing as finely tuned as possible, if you know, just like a car, right? Well, something's wrong with the car. It's not the engine. We know we got a damn good engine. We got the best engine you could find. It's got to be something else. That, that's, that's the reality for the Saints now, or the Saints, the Broncos now. It was the reality for the Saints, and it may be the reality for the Texans. If, if D'Amico Ryans proves to be a great head coach, when things go wrong for the Texans, it's no longer the coach. The past few years, the question's been, is it the coach? And look what they've done. Bill O'Brien fired. David Culley fired. Lovey Smith fired. Yeah, that's that's right. Now, now, hopefully they can spend some money in free agency to give D'Amico Ryan some players. That makes sense, right? I got no doubt that he's going to get the defense right. And the defense you know, it was not as bad as it statistically looked last year anyways. And I think their offense contributed to that. But... Again, I think the defense is going to be better under D'Amico Ryans and his creativity and how he coaches and that style of play in the scheme. And then the other part of this, of course, is kind of you kind of brought it up to start. Hey, they they got to get the quarterback thing right. You know, they've been playing with a backup quarterback the last two years. Davis Mills, again, respect. I just he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Not not in my opinion. High end backup, bridge type quarterback, sure. But the guy that holds it down is your franchise? No. They got pick two and pick 12 in this year's draft. So they have a chance here to really get some marquee players that can kind of change the direction of their football team. Quarterback's got to be one of those two picks for sure. And hopefully they can get that right. But uh, yeah, things are 
finally looking the right way with the Houston Texans. I think that's the positive thing, and I just think it's all kind of a match made in heaven there. D'Amico Ryans wanted to be there. Of course, being drafted there, being a guy that's from the South, uh, just made too much sense there, and good for the Texans, good for D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, it will be an interesting time now, and those other teams in the AFC South that had been looking at the Texans and regarding them as a team not to really worry about, now we're going to have to worry about the Texans as they try to turn this thing around. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, there are two vacancies left, the Cardinals and the Colts. Who will they hire? We'll try to figure that out when we continue with this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 